I don't know, man. Bards are just who you sacrifice to find out how tough the mobs are. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. Uh, that was entirely meant to start something right there. I'm calling it right now. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm just good. Damn. If, if the music is good, they can stay. <laughs> Notes fired. What do you got to say that, man? Daedalism's fighting Ooh. words for you. He's like, I, it's I got okay. A, a loot could be a weapon too. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Break it off and stab somebody with the with the neck. Oh my god, dude. After completing their vigil, the Pathfinders packed up their provisions and supplies. They strapped on their armor and weapons and looked ahead of them into the distance. Every step they took from there on would pave the way forward for the Cinderborn. The steps ahead were truly steps of fate, and this would hold true not only for them, but all those who followed. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg. I'm joined today by our returning Pathfinders. Let's welcome back Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also, welcome back, our favorite. Oh, there he is, smiling with that murder bunny <laughs> grin, Faisal. What's up? <laughs> also, welcome back, Half Tilt. Hey, hey, what's going on, everyone? And no stranger to the show, a returning Pathfinder over many moons. Welcome back, Casino. What's going on? Hey, man, it's been ages, dude. It has indeed, but uh, I see you are still going strong, so yeah. I commend you on having this show still going strong. I see you on Twitch pretty much every day, streaming <laughs> under Ashley Creations. So <laughs> a as, lot. As, as soon as that NDA drops, you're immediately going to be the streamer with the most hours logged streaming <laughs> Ashley Creation by a factor of like 100. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I actually never thought of that <laughs> before, so... <laughs> We just focus on staying the course, man. Um, yeah, no, it's been funny. Um, we've had a lot of new names and faces that have come along and they've had a lot of people that have like probably one of the coolest things about doing the show is that over the years and now it's been literally years since you were last on. Right. Uh, but in that time, we've had a lot of people that will go and they'll binge this podcast. They'll listen to it because now it's in like audio form and all that. Right. And so they'll go and they'll binge through and you'll get these questions like, oh, whatever happened to this person? And some of the names that specifically come up are the ones that were here a lot back in the day. And you're one of the ones. So it was pretty it's pretty oh. cool to bring you on. Yeah. Well, for like the three people that might have been asking about me, <laughs> I have returned. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> like, like before we get dug in too, uh, too far, friends, I uh, got to give a big shout out to the home of this podcast over at AshesHQ.com, the community curated website for all things Ashes of Creation. Shout out to the Imperial Flames, who are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. Thanks so much for keeping this community's flames bolstering greater week after week, friends. And uh, we don't have any uh, iTunes reviews to read today. Uh, we don't have any call-ins, but if you do want to call in, you can leave a message via phone 1539-664-6801. You can leave a message for our Pathfinder grunt who will get that to us over at ashespathfinders at gmail.com. And also, the HQ needs or is looking for you. Looking for content creators to help create and curate content over at ashesHQ.com. 
We've got another one here on the show, which is Half Tilt. We've got Eastgaruth, myself, and likely a couple others in the near future, uh, but we'll wait for that. But if you're interested, hit me up on Discord, um, discord.gg forward slash simorg, and we'll talk about it. Yo, Casino, it's been a while and everything, I know, but we've done some things different now on the show, and one of the things we do differently is uh, we like to talk about people's ashes origin story and you haven't really gotten to do that because back in the day it was like the sim cast and it was a whole different setup didn't have the same uh, momentum and vibes or anything but why don't you kind of tell everybody who maybe doesn't know about you or maybe does remember you kind of like your ashes origin story um, you know basically what uh, it is about ashes of creation that you're excited about and and your own plans for the future in terms of content or things like that absolutely now is there like just a, a general time frame for how much time I should take answering this because I'm very no, good at talking about myself. Ab absolutely not. Okay, well, definitely tell me to shut up at some point. <laughs> I'll try not to go into too much detail. All but right. uh, I'm a, a full-time content creator. I cover a whole bunch of games, and I've always considered myself uh, an MMORPG player at heart. Um, so just you know, my my background, my favorite MMO of all time was Star Wars Galaxies. I played a lot of Rift, some Mortal Online, Lord of the Rings Online, stuff like that. So love MMOs. And uh, I, I forget exactly how I found out about this game, but every now and again, I'll, I'll just do a Google search for like what MMOs are out there. And the problem is uh, a lot of them are very cookie cutter, which I know, you know, a lot of people are into, like there's no denying the success of MMOs like World of Warcraft. But mm -hmm. uh, I, I really liked more like open world, player controlled economy, not, you know, really soul bound items, things like that. Just the more, you know, it, basically MMOs that were big on like, give the tools to the players and let the players make the content. And Ashes seems to have that in spades. And so as soon as I started reading more about Ashes, it, it kind of struck me as like, oh, this may in fact be the last great hope for MMOs. And so that's that's exactly what I've been referring to it yeah. as. It's like, if Ashes fails, I have lost all hope for MMOs. So it's the last great hope. But I, I do believe in Ashes and I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm very excited at the premise. And so uh, yeah, my, my plans are to cover the game uh, as, as much as I possibly can. Being a full-time content creator, I have to cover stuff that will allow me to pay the bills. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like have the Beats by Dre sponsorship or anything where I can just cover whatever I want and not worry. But as long as there is an audience for my Ashes content, I will be very passionate about making it. And um, it, I, would, I would love for that to be my, my full-time game that I can just stream round the clock. And uh, getting more specific, my goals within the game, uh, I'm really big into PvP. And uh, as soon as I found out that there were like a very limited amount of players who could have like a, a combat capable flying mount and that one of the surefire ways to get that would be to be the leader of an alliance that holds a castle um, where you're basically PVPing all the time. I was like, that's that was made for me. I would love to be, you know, a dragon rider or some something similar. And I love PVP. I'm more than happy to spend my days you know, defending a castle. So, yeah, uh, that's, you know, goals. All right. I will not rest until I, I have been on a flying mount. That's, I, I remember your whole catchphrase from back in the day, too, which is, you know, like, save us, Ashes, you're our only hope or your last great hope for... <laughs> yep. Been ages. That's it. I, I keep looking around at other MMOs, and none of them, none of them seem to offer what I, I think the market is hungry for, so mm. to speak. Yeah, we definitely need more innovative projects, that's for sure. This is so, so much depth these days. MMOs are such a massive project. You end up with stuff like Star Citizen, where seven years in or however long it's been, it's still not done, and there's still, you know, 
you don't want to have you know too many ideas and too much of an appetite and not be able to develop it all so yeah, I think it's actually closer to 10. I think we had a conversation about this recently, wasn't it? Almost 10 years now. You're like, dude, a decade? Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, so some of you may or may not know this. If it's news to you, as those of you that are here live right now, yo, friends, there was an AMA over on the Ashes of Creation Twitch channel today. Um, the uh, MMORPG Reddit basically was uh, kind of having a conversation, bringing some of the questions that they curated from the Reddit, the subreddit rather, and uh, they were having some conversations. So we're definitely gonna hit on those. So just gonna put that out there now. Um, if you haven't checked that out already, here was their announcement link. Get familiarized with it at least a little bit before we dig in, because that's gonna be what we're definitely hitting up for the end of the show. Obviously we're gonna talk about the new cosmetics and, and briefly talk about them, right? We don't need to talk about that too much, um, but we'll go ahead and talk about that real quick. Um, there was a whole bunch of cosmetics that were released in this current pack. A lot of people are kind of split on it. Um, don't have a whole lot to say. Definitely saw a bit of a Dunier architecture style to like the Freehold one. And there were, look, man, they bring out different packages each month. I mean, they've been killing it lately. Um, the, the armor looked, it reminded me a bit of, uh, actually reminded me some of the tier armor, PVP armor from World of Warcraft. If you remember, like the Paladins had that like sort of like thing that came up covered the neck and it was like this like almost like face shield partial partial face shield or whatever which was pretty cool there's like a a little bambi deer that's like you know infected with some sort of you know stone or or like gems and like some aura there's a really cool shield um i know some people are pretty excited about some of these some are just like yo i'm good on this um unfortunately for me there was a couple that felt paladin-esque and i was like ah damn it i'm probably gonna get a couple of them but not a full package for me. I don't know. Thoughts on these these current cosmetics, anybody? Well, I'm going to be that guy and say this is what I had hoped the latest, like, WoW expansion, one of the covenants. This is oh. what I wish they would have gone with oh. versus those damn obnoxious shoulders. So this is, this is tight. I really like this set. The last couple of months haven't been my favorite. This one definitely hits the spot. I agree with you. Um, it's more maybe on the like armor, weapon, shield kind of side of it. But the other stuff is pretty interesting too. I mean, I really like the uh, the mount. Um, and of course, they you know definitely have to grab the cute factor with the pets and the uh, caravan. But overall, I'm I'm pretty happy with this month's cosmetics, and I'll definitely be uh, grabbing a few of those. Protoss armor and chat. <laughs> hate to be that guy but uh where can i see these oh it's on yeah yeah there you yeah go. man the the armor like i love the style of the armor but i want it in black with red accents like for for me that armor would just be gift. absolutely stellar i don't know if can if you can dye these cosmetics though the shop cosmetics that if i have the option to turn off the helmet i probably will because the helmet, it looks too much like a stormtrooper, and I don't need that innate minus 25% to all my accuracy. So I'm just going to turn that off. But it gave me the kind of Lightbringer vibe for the version of um, the, the the armor that Steven just showed off where we had the aura, the red aura coming off it from a few months ago. Oh, yeah, Cosmetic yeah. pack, the, the dark the dark iron one or whatever. It gave me the kind of light version of that, that one being the corrupted one, so... It's really cool. The mount I love. 
Um, I, I'm curious to see this thing try to eat some grass uh, or, or even just pick away at a corpse with a blade on its face. But, you know, you get you go to get to the end to get drunk one night. If you have to take that thing off, it's going to hack you up the next day. So. Jeez, man. Hmm. Am I the only one who got a, uh, a feel for the armor being a scuba diving gear? Because of the, see it the, a little bit. The oh, damn it. Jump out at me, but I can see. <laughs> he just needs like two tanks uh, from from the back, and he's 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 golden. <laughs> oh damn it! I can't unsee that now. Wow. Uh, the se- the second comment would be: Sim, if you if you're planning to buy the armor, that's just going to dim your glow. Your forehead is not gonna be there. You know what I mean? Like the shining light. You need that to to blind your enemies. <laughs> It's way more effective than the, than the helmet. This does hide the dome, that's it's for sure. Hold on a second. How long has that been written down and planned? I just have to ask. I gotta say, though, I really like that, that shield. That shield makes a statement. And that statement is, I want my enemies to see me coming from three miles away. <laughs> exactly. Oh man! I think that draws the, all the, the gem in the center will definitely put a nice like print on the face <laughs> as you bash them with it. Yeah, I, this is definitely like the armor. Um, I don't necessarily see the scuba vibe, but uh, but I still think regardless, it's cool nonetheless. About the murder like chicken, the, eyes. the murder, murder chicken mount <laughs> with the freaking like attached like knife to the face, like to the beak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a hard no for me. And now the scuba gear is probably off the table too. Congratulations, Faisal. <laughs> scuba Steve. Save me money, man. I mean, I don't know what to say. Now I'm going to be like all I'm going to see is like scuba sim if I'm looking at that thing. So. Oh, Jeez, what's dude. it called? Unbelievable. Man, they didn't but... have a ship mount to go with it. <laughs> murder, murder Bunny has his day, let me tell you. Damn it. But I do, I do like the fun though. The font looks really clean and simple in design that I, I, I actually like it a lot. I also can see a corrupted version of it, like being being surrounded in the wild, where it's actually uh, red and it has that uh, red mist that goes behind it. Yeah. Um, so we... You know, actually, I just had a thought. I, yeah. I do like it, but it's actually really reminding me of, I want to say it's called a Vulpix, but I might have the wrong name, but the, the Crystal Fox is from Star Wars The Last Jedi. That reminds Vulpix me of that, is... actually. Really? Don't you kind of see it? Like, it's I... like a whitish-blue crystal. Yeah, actually, you know what? You might be right about that. I didn't really see that before. Damn. Interesting. Yeah, it's similar. But yeah. those are, in my, not to start a debate here, but... uh. I didn't. There weren't a lot of highlights for me in that movie, but the crystal foxes were cool. So I'm just gonna get poached and brought to ashes and climb at the end of the crystal fox. <laughs> Too good. Oh man. So we've got a dev discussion to talk about with the first one we've had in a bit. Uh, we, you know, that was the those cosmetics are the deeds of the Dauntless. Obviously, you can kind of pick them up now up till probably somewhere around the eighth of. I'm gonna just kind of throw a random number out there. They always announce it around the beginning of the next month. So. Look at July. You'll get the announcement in July, but you're probably going to be somewhere in the area of like the eighth or ninth again, since that's where we're we kind of started off with these uh, for this month. So just kind of look at it. So much that's your time frame. If you want to get them, cool. If you don't, also cool. Um, they obviously don't pressure people to buy their cosmetics. And uh, we got the dev discussion on environments, though. Now this one, 
Let me go on ahead and make sure that I actually share this with our chat here live on Twitch. You can't see some of these things when you're listening to the audio, my friends. This is why I encourage people to join us here. So now on dev discussion number three, uh, this one's talking about environments. And the question that the dev team poses to all of us is what are some of the elements that make for a more realistic or lifelike world when you play a game from NPCs to environments and beyond? How much does realism matter to you generally? In no particular order, gentlemen, feel free to jump in anywhere you like on this one. I mean, it's a fantasy game. I mean, I don't mind like a touch of realism, but it is a high fantasy game. So I want to be wowed with stuff that isn't possible. If I wanted realism, I would not be playing a video game, I guess. That's the way I look at it. Um, mm -hmm. So I would say, I mean, but on the, like using the terminology there and there's realistic and I like the other term lifelike because I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Like you, it's not an either or to me, you can still have like, you know, a more fantasy type world and have it be lifelike where things like from a physics standpoint kind of behave like with the theme of you know, how you expect them to behave. So I do like that idea of like lifelike and having kind of that level of detail. That's important. Realistic, not so much. But for me, I think the there's a balance to be struck between how much is fantasy and how much is realistic. And I I'm I, I like the fantasy elements, but I think the best way to highlight the fantasy elements is to not have them everywhere all the time. So for example, I really like the way they did it with the early seasons of Game of Thrones, especially where there were fantasy elements, you know, there's a shadow creature murdering people and there were some dragons and stuff like that. But yeah. generally speaking, uh most of it was, you know, the, the politics between the people and I'm going to go down to the port and buy some clams from the merchant. And then when, you know, a dragon showed up or a shadow creature showed up, it was a big deal and it was really cool. And I was like, well, you don't see that every day. And, uh, you know, even some of the people that they would tell about these things would be like, uh, what drugs have you gotten into? We don't have shadow creatures. Get out of here. Go back to the pub, whatever it is. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I, I think like, you know, emphasizing the the fantasy aspects by grounding it in realism and not having too much of it uh is is the better approach rather than having like every single player character and every npc just like constantly shooting sparkles and flying around and taking explosions in the street just because they have a spell that makes a pointless explosion in the street like it just kind of takes away from like you know if, if you're setting off like firework displays and blasting things through walls and then the guy next to you is just like hammering away at this plate mail you know just another wednesday it's a little, you know, a little off-putting. Yeah. Um, but like, so I like that they haven't gone too over the top with the, uh, with like the the outfits and stuff. There's not like crazy glows and crazy particle effects or anything, which I think it's also good to like reserve a lot of that for like the really high end stuff. Mm, yeah. But, but the mounts, they've gotten really uh, fantastical with the mounts. I, I, I don't think I've seen any any earthly creatures in Ash. I think it's exclusively um, very interesting creatures. But. Uh, so I think it's, you know, I think it's it's going to be pretty rooted in fantasy. It's a little too late to go super heavy realism when like, okay, well, every every creature in this world is like, you know, a flying chimpanzee with horns. <laughs> it's like, okay. The island of Dr. Moreau just yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. in, <laughs> inhabited a whole world. Pretty much. The, the crystal foxes are among the more normal creatures we've seen lately. Well, true. I think 
for, for me, a big part of it in terms of realism and lifelike, the visual aspects are one thing. Um, you know, I like a healthy mix. I like to see somewhat normal, realistic looking trees in certain in a forested type environment. But I also like to go into the cave and see, you know, the giant glowing mushrooms and things like that because it is unique. It is special. But for me, the biggest thing in terms of environment is how you interact with the environment and how the environment interacts with you. So weather effects, uh, falling debris, environmental hazards. Uh, can I jump off a cliff and take, you know, serious damage? Or it, 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 will there maybe be a big rumbling from a dragon above and then some rocks fall in the cave? And those rocks actually do either land on you or maybe they block a passageway. Um that, that now you cannot get through anymore or have to dig your way through. So things like that are big for me. Weather effects are going to be really big and important. And we already know that they're going to have an effect on your combat abilities in the game, but also just your ability to traverse the environment. Uh, when it's raining and I'm trying to run up a grass hill, maybe it's a little bit slippery and I can't get up there any, uh, as easily anymore. Mm -hmm. I agree. And they, they seem to have done a good job. Like when you go underwater, the way it like, Kind of blurs your vision a bit and stuff like that they, they do really well with so yeah I'm, I'm with you in that i hope that if it's like pouring rain i hope that you know it, it obstructs your vision a little bit in in ways that keep it interesting or you know if there's a hail storm and everyone's just taking a little bit of damage from all the hail maybe something like that yeah there's there's some some fun thing, things they could do by grounding the weather in realism so to speak I mean, in in high fantasy, if you look at like let's say Lord of the Rings or uh, any other fantasy book, they would also like they would they would usually have a part which is realistic and the other part which is fantasy. Like the like uh, Half Tilt was saying, like if if I was going through a forest, I would expect to see trees of certain mm. kinds, um, and then going through a cave and I see special types of mushrooms you can have special types of trees or special types of mushrooms it's just that it should make sense like it that that's how the lore that plays in like i don't want to go like a, in a forest and i find it freezing cold and i don't know the reason for it unless if the, it has an uncovered lore if that makes sense like uh so for example, like if, if if I see a part of the forest that, that's burning, it's either from a creature or a magic stone that emits fire and it burned down the forest. That would be dope. That would that's what makes sense. Um so you don't uh, leave that realistic um approach of the video game, but it's also high fantasy because you're still talking about magical creatures that do these things that affected the world that that's at least how i see it i agree with you completely but that just kind of leaves the door open for them to like infinitely retcon like they can just make like mm -hmm. oh there's just an arctic forest in the middle of the desert and then you get there like why why is there an arctic forest in the middle of the desert and they can just go I don't know. see if you can uncover that mystery and then at a later date they can you know oh mm -hmm. there was a frost witch uh hiding in one of the caves the whole time you finally found her mm -hmm. you know so yeah. yeah, you got a point there. <laughs> I, I agree with you, but that you know, if, if we demand an answer, they'll come up with one. Yeah, no yeah. Biome transition is going to be a huge part of that too. You don't want it to just go yeah. desert and then over the span of a hundred yards. Yeah. Now you're now you're in the frost yeah. mountain. Yeah. You know, there's got to be reasonable environmental transitions there, and you know, we won't see that until we're in the full game world. Right now. Obviously, everything is clustered together, and it has to be for the sake of testing. But 
eventually yeah, that it like right now you you play a game like wow and you're in the middle of the barrens and then you just go across a threshold and now you're in a dense right. forest yeah. and then on the other side you're in a, a desolate wasteland and on the other side you're in a swamp and it, it just the transition is too cut if you will yeah i agree blending the blending the biomes to show that there there's areas in the middle uh i, I yeah that's very important i, I want to see that the desert is not particularly close to the arctic tundra mm-hmm. yeah there's uh you know when i think of an environment for me i i when i think of like how much realism i always one thing i like about the elder scrolls online is that from the time it came out to now like they they've always found a really good medium for like a level of realism but but not too realistic to where like as technology continues to you know we continue to progress in technology now this stuff starts to look like crap real quick so it still has like some of its like aesthetic appeal but yeah like the transitioning in from like zones i mean that's a big one for me too and uh i i wanted to speak to the point though of like how much realism matters to me you know in terms of like you know generally how much that matters i i, I saw a comment in chat too and it was uh essentially like where is that at there it is right there from c2 in chat says gameplay over realism like i'm i'm kind of gonna have to piggyback off of that because i can i don't mind a game looking a little more cartoonish in some scenarios as long as like mm. i function well and like the combat's fluid and things like that like i i can go i can go that direction a little bit more would re- a little more realism be nice and it look like really gorgeous and beautiful and run around and feel like i'm in this magical world i wanted to jump into the screen with sure um, but there's, you know, there's like games with cartoonish styles that look really beautiful too. Cause it's just very magical. And the, you know, the pastels are really vibrant and just catches your attention with like the ambient lighting and things like that. So, you know, yeah, I, I kind of have to piggyback off of that one for me. Definitely. As long as it just plays well, you know, I think the environment is a, is a very, um, I don't know. I can be very diplomatic about that component, I think. It's not going to be a point of contention for me too much. Uh, yeah. We're going to get into the good stuff, friends. Ah, this is the good stuff. We got ourselves roughly one hour at 630. I got to be done with the show. Okay, so we're going to try to not go on too long. I'm definitely not going <clears> to <throat> excuse me, hit on every part. However. Boys, we got a task. <laughs> we got a task. Inviting me here, man. <laughs> We've got a lot of points that came out today, and I I was luckily able to make enough notes. You know, a part of me was going, please let Shays be there to document all of this and have this up before we go live. Sadly, that did not happen. So I was hustling to try to gather as many notes as I could. Obviously the MMORPG subreddit questions happened. You had through June 8th to 11th to get them in. And then, you know, today here, the 13th time of this recording before our show today, this happened earlier. We're going to talk about some of the things I'll just hit on a few of them. I guess we could just hit on what, if you all listen to watch this show on their live stream earlier, if you did, did anything really catch you? And you were like, yeah, that's hitting the spot. 
know where I'm going with mine. I do. I, mean, I love the I love the bard discussion and the summoner discussion. Like those were probably the my biggest takeaways. And the generally like the bard stuff, I don't know that that was like earth shatteringly new, mm. but it was really yeah. nice to once again kind of hear that base vision on what they want to do with the bard and how they do want to make it um, more meaty than what we've seen in the past, like kind of a buff bot type of character. I like being able to tote the line between, you know, a support character and a character that has maybe a more jack-of-all-trades approach. So I do like that. Um, you know, Steven made a reference that he was looking to try to really recreate like a D&D bard. I don't know a lot about that space, but what he was talking about, kind of giving the bard like many different ways to accomplish their task, giving some level of strategy to how the bard plays, I thought was like really exciting. And it made me once again, wish we had more bard info right now. <laughs> but that uh, was uh, probably like the biggest thing for me. I mean, there are some other things, so I definitely want, you know, the, the guys to kind of jump in on what they were thinking, like as primary first, but definitely that was the one. It was the first thing that came up, which was really cool. And it was kind of a nice um, start to the discussion on what, you know, what the AMA ended up covering. I don't know, man. Bards are just who you sacrifice to find out how tough the mobs are. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. Uh, that was entirely meant to start something right there. I'm calling it right now. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just good. Damn. If, if the music is good, they can stay. <laughs> Notes fired. What do you got to say that, man? Daedalism's fighting Ooh. words for you. He's like, it's I, I okay. A loot could be a weapon too. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Break it off and stab somebody with the the neck. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, they did. They did go into some detail about that. Obviously, I've got some bullet points here to help us kind of navigate through some of the highlights that I noted that didn't seem like they were too much of the same thing we've heard before. For those of us who have been around a long time, like to be fair, if you're watching this show, you probably have dug into ashes a good bit. Uh, if not, you've probably watched the show or you've been doing some research like for, we we tend to not cover things that have, have been repetitive. So I didn't hit on everything, but I grabbed some things. There was a reference to the bards talking about the formation, locking the bus. Like basically in order to get the bus, you'd have to be within this certain formation or like a, a zone of influence, if you will, if you want to reference uh, something related to nodes. <laughs> anyway, not the same thing. But if you want to be within a formation, like they're playing their loot before they have to break it off and stab somebody. If you were within that formation, you catch a buff. Even if you break from that formation, you would still be able to hold it. So that was kind of good to hear. That's some of the stuff that I like to hear. Bards definitely, though, for me, they just aren't my jam. Um, nothing wrong with them. If you like them, don't go throwing shit at me, okay? But I'm more of a lightbringer type. They, they don't throw anything dangerous. Don't worry. I just wait to wait to hear how many people like have to say something about this because there's a lot of bars that a lot of people who love bards and um, dwarves and things of that nature that the point of contention when you talk a little smack about them. Um, Listen, they're all bards, so they can sing each other's praises. <laughs> I can see it now. The, the first guild to come and attack Casino's castle is just going to be, it's going to be like that scene from South Park where all the eighth graders had their recorders out and they all played the brown note at the same time. Yeah. An army of bard. Oh man. 
was it that's, that's like that's like four clerics that's pretty scary oh man the army of bards and one warrior and then they all play this buff song and he just one shots every oh. they just make god king warrior yeah he starts smashing down <laughs> walls with a single blow Oh my gosh, Prismia in chat's like, I'm going to roll a, a dwarf bard with bagpipes and stand next to Simorg waiting for him to get information. You might wait a long time, but I'm just kidding. Look, we've got soundtracks for bosses and areas. That was cool. That's how you get the mages. You can make portals. You're like, follow me, bard, and the other end of the portal's just right off the cliff. <laughs> All right, sandal. <laughs> you don't need a sandal drop on somebody when you got those types of mechanics, man. That's true. All right. You know, the the soundtracks for bosses is... I, I, I love to hear that. I love the way Steven portrayed that in just as the fight is escalating to that climax, the music is paying tribute to that. The whole way up is going to be really intense. I've Recently, I've started having my in-game music on again, not just muting everything and listening to like In Flames or something on the side. And it has been very immersive i found and it only gets boring when it's super super repetitive and it's the same few notes over and over and over again but music in games has gotten a lot better over the years and it's something i've definitely missed out on for a long time and i've been enjoying it so that made me really happy to hear yeah p.s in flames a good choice just saying you know what they call an unarmed group of bards <laughs> an acapella group <laughs> yo nice. i i've I, I don't know, Casino. You haven't been probably watching the show or listening to it or anything, so you probably don't know about this ridiculous false narrative that's being painted about me, do you? No, you don't. I, I dropped it, and uh, I dropped you this really interesting uh, animated clip in uh, in our DM group for this. And uh, Stephen, unfortunately, has uh, it is super. Don't go. Don't. It's not. You don't have evidence to support that it's not false. Okay, thank you. Look at this. See what happens, man. You mean the factual narrative? So there's this thing that they're making emotes about it. I don't understand. You know, even Steven's playing into this false narrative. Like, even he knows it's not true. They're all trying to say that I ninja looted stuff off of something in the PI test last year. Right. And it's been reinforced. Now there's memes about me. I don't even understand it. There's like emotes and stuff. I understand somebody's creating an emote about me that might be showcased here soon. Uh, the PI test we were both a part of. Yeah, last was it last? Uh, oh my god, it was like last. Right, it was like Alpha Zero. No, post it was last year, last summer. Yeah, but anyway, the, the well, listen. I, I was there. Thing. I'm happy to confirm that the memes are absolutely correct. He is 100. This is bullshit. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh my yeah, god, yeah. what just happened? Oh, forgive it, Casino. Oh, no, I, I have no, I have no idea what it. Oh my god, they're not going to believe this part though. <laughs> they don't care. They don't. They don't care about this part. They they won't clip that part. They'll clip the other part and they'll spread it everywhere. <laughs> can't hear that over their laughs. You can't. So they, so they, they're accusing you of looting stuff from players. No ninja looting off the boss that uh, Stephen was very upset about. Oh, they down the boss and then you just ran up and. Like anybody would do if you're not in a group. You just, you just, you know, you, you buy habit. What? You kill something in a game, you loot it, right? There's no oh, so, loot. So, so what you're saying is it wasn't you, but you're very sympathetic to whoever did it. Is that what I'm understanding? <laughs> well, actually. Perfectly reasonable and excusable, whoever it was. No, it was totally me that looted it. It just wasn't ninja looting because we weren't in a group. Because you were very brazen about it. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, well, he knows about it now. I'm not a petty thief. I'm a bold thief. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Don't slander me and accuse me. Oh, shit. What just happened? He didn't deny it? What do you mean? Oh, no. It's an unfortunate situation when you're not a VIP or a mod because you can't link. Whatever that was. Works out well in my favor that that can happen now. I doubt my mods are going to actually accept that link and post it. I highly doubt it. All right, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but I guess time will tell. Um, what? So did you loot anything good? I, I, I looted an epic uh, cloth chest, and when I threw it on, it was just invisible. So all you saw was me bare-breasted running around. I mean, it was a, you know, to be fair, it was a, a good chest. That is particularly brazen. <laughs> it is. Like, I just looted a chest piece. Now stare at my pecs <laughs> as I run off. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, look at that. Look at that. Trader mods. Look at that. There they are. It didn't even take a minute. It didn't even take 30 seconds. That's what it? we want. Psychophobic. That's what we want. <laughs> Unbelievable. Let's get back on track. We have strayed the course. I shouldn't have brought it up. I'm so sorry. I regret nothing. Okay. So there was a discussion point around Jeffrey Bard's replacement. The question was asked, are we going to get an announcement on who that is? Um, and the answer was not at this time, likely end of August. Right? So I, I don't know if you all caught that or not. I, it, I'm wondering if they've actually got somebody chosen or just not announcing who it is yet. I don't know. My, my assumption is that, you know, they're still looking for the right person. Right. Whether they want to promote internally or whether they want to find someone externally. But usually there's a bit of a hiring process. And then you definitely want to vet the person and make sure, like, nothing would look worse than if they hired a new person, immediately threw them in the spotlight. And then if they're not trained up, people mm -hmm. are going to be asking, like, now that you're the creative director, what are you going to do about this system? What are you planning to do with this mountain? And if they're not prepared for any of those questions, yep. then it's just like, wow, this guy is, you know, whatever, his creative director doesn't even know what he's talking about. Uh, so not only do they have to get the person up to speed, but then they have to make sure, like, all right, you're definitely sticking around, right? Because if you leave in a month, now we really look silly. So, Yeah. I would expect they've got somebody at the very least shortlisted right now, down to a handful of people at most. But exactly as Casino was saying, this yeah. they're going to have to be ready to face all the questions. So they're going to have to be brought up to speed if they are an external hire, which is not necessarily a bad thing, as we discussed last week a bit. Um, but but they also have to be prepared to be really dug deep on by the community, because you know that's just who the community is in any game these days, they're going to start to analyze and rip apart this dev's credentials mm -hmm. and who they are as a person. And they want to make sure that they have somebody set in place and ready who's going to run with this role before that, you know, that happens. Yeah, you want to make sure they're not a filthy bard player. <laughs> Oh, man, I feel like the bards are such a great distraction away from this false narrative that's painted around me, but we'll move on. There was discussion around... Yeah, no, thank goodness no one's still bringing it up. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> The, this discussion point about a secondary currency was possible for taverns. You guys catch that? Hmm? Kind of wondering what your thoughts are on that. There was so so essentially, they are throwing ideas around about whether or not you get the secondary currency that you purchase specifically for using in tavern games, or if they're going to like allow what I'm assuming they are talking about, just like your regular mm -hmm. currency, gold to be used but they i think they have some concerns around that i don't know when you think about tavern games do you do you feel like there you would have a preference one way or the other and what would the pros or cons for that be well i'll tell you their concerns uh they've described the tavern games as essentially being like casino games and so 
uh, the key to a successful in-game economy is giving the currency actual value. And that, that always leads to things like, you know, gold sellers and stuff like that. But you want, you want the money to matter. And the people who like run an economic node and are really focusing on amassing wealth, you want that wealth to mean something. So they're considering a second currency because you don't want someone who is like, oh, I got really drunk last night. I went into one of the taverns and I legitimately gambled away 200,000 gold or whatever it is. Like, you know, now I have to sell off half my mounts just to, you know, be able to afford the interest payments on my armor or whatever it is. But uh, yeah, I think they don't want people literally like gambling away their, their savings in the game at the tavern. So if they give a separate currency that's explicitly for tavern games, they kind of avoid that. Yeah, I agree with Casino. I think that's what I was thinking about when he brought up the second currency bit and why they would consider that. Because uh, definitely in, in a resource-scarce game, you don't necessarily want a bunch of gold sinks up front because it does make it, I would say, uh, I don't want to say like too difficult, but it does create a lot of impediments for players to interact with the economy if they're, they don't have any money to interact with the economy with. Um, and I do like the idea of them also kind of having some rewards you can work towards that aren't, again, not necessarily like gold related. It's something, hey, I'm participating in this game and incentivizes me to participate in the game because I'm getting a currency that isn't necessarily like gonna affect the gold that I've farmed or what I've made being a crafter, et cetera. But there is a balance you're gonna need to strike with it because at some point the economy will get to a point where there's going to be, you know, whales on the server, right? That are gonna have a lot of gold and that has its own challenges about devaluing what gold is, for example. Um, but yeah, I, I like the idea of having a separate currency I like the idea of having like cosmetic rewards you can get, um, but there is definitely a balance they need to strike with that without it having kind of the same, or not the same, but a, a requisite impact on the economy that's negative, whereas like, you know, same like difference here with the gold being utilized as well. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. Um, to an extent, but on the flip side of the coin, if there is an alternate currency that is primarily used for um, tavern games and gambling in a sense, it has to have some other weight to it. Otherwise, it's meaningless. It's it's like sitting down to play poker with a bunch of friends when there's no money on the table and you all just hand out chips. Everybody's mm. all in every hand. Yeah. And it it, it completely devalues. It, it, there's no point in having the game. No brown rice. You can't do embers. That's a because right. you buy those with real money. <laughs> that, real that, yeah. They're getting into real life gambling laws. Yeah, that's immediately that, gambling. That's a no no. Yeah. Um, it has to stay within the game. So yeah, if they had. Um, you know, if there is an in-game currency cosmetic shop where you can buy items with that and maybe you can choose to buy it with your gambling winnings or you can buy it with gold, depending on where you uh, strive for or with mentorship points or something like that, wherever, whatever alternate currencies there are that you can kind of choose which path you go down and still meet the same goal, that would be cool. And it gives it gives that currency some weight and some meaning. Without any weight or meaning, it, it's no point in having it. And I'd rather just use gold. But I totally agree with what you guys are saying about the concerns around having gold be that gambling currency too. I, I think it's fine. I say let people gamble away all their virtual currency if they want. Let them 
let them learn harsh life lessons and scenarios where they're you know there's not as much the, of a, a punishment per se the game um, is risk versus reward right so right it's true and i would love to meet someone like oh you're the head of an economic node where'd you amass all your wealth like oh i'm just a card shark you know, like, get a lot of drunks <laughs> in the tavern easy money that's great i don't know like as much as i like the sense of uh risk versus reward you also have to have the moral standpoint that they're not all the adults are going to play this game are going to have a sense of it you also are going to have kids playing this game as steven aimed for that as well he wanted to show them the hard uh what's it called uh, a hard mmo doesn't necessarily mean he can introduce uh, gambling into it um but just having the sense of having a second currency uh, is a good slash bad thing because there's two scenarios that I, that I could think of. First scenario would be money inflation, like it's going to inflate the other currency uh, way harder than the other, depending if it has meaning to to the second currency. Um, like if, if the incentive of the second currency is way higher than the first, it's going to inflate yeah, way too much. Special costume items. You can get like the, the hat with like the beer cans on it <laughs> for the tavern. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, ale mugs, ale mugs, dude. A brew yeah, fest yeah. seasonal yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Special tavern costume oh items that you gosh. can get with the currency. That's funny, man. But Speaking of money things, yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't know. Like, uh, is it the best way? Because, like, if you're talking about money things, they've eliminated yeah. a lot of things. Like, you don't, you don't have fast travel. Fast travel isn't going well, to be... One, one particular node does. I think be. science nodes do. Right. Correct. Yeah, true. You're, not, you're not wrong. Um... But is not as much as as any other MMORPG because right. if if you look at like let's say Final Fantasy uh, or uh, World of Warcraft, fast travel points are everywhere technically. Yeah, I mean you can always uh, just do, do money sinks by just making stuff deteriorate. Like yeah. oh, I had a you know, an yeah. axe for chopping wood. Like well, you used it at a, you know for three weeks straight, it fell apart. Go buy a new axe. Right. True. Whatever it is. So. But but like. <laughs> those money sinks are going to go there in a limit because like if you look at final fantasy and world of warcraft they already have these these things implemented and they still have a lot of inflation into them if you know what i mean absolutely i, I don't think uh, i've played an mmo that hasn't had inflation um so yeah. it's, you know if if there is inflation it's not the end of the world it's more about like you know keeping it within reason like you don't want you know in the first month like i have 10 billion gold how much are you sitting on like I'm that's kidding. a bit extreme but yeah. yeah, inflation is is fairly natural when you have anything PVE that just puts money into the world, uh, unless you have a perfectly balanced, you know, set of things that everyone reaches at the same time, taking the exact same money out. Like even if you just have new players, like I started, I did some quests, I got some gold, I bought a few things from the shop, and then and I quit the game. Like well, that person just generated some gold for the game and put it in, and they quit, so they're not, you know, it's not going to get taken out by them. Mm -hmm. So. You know, they a lot of MMOs have had like world class economists balance the the in game economy to try to you know prevent inflation. 
uh, I think the best way to do it is just do a bunch of limited time events where it's like not something you need, but just like special, yeah. you know, gold only costume items that are just yep. crazy expensive. And it's just like you don't have to buy these, but some people are going to buy them and it'll just suck large chunks of gold out of the yeah. economy. For yeah, but from, from an emergent standpoint, sitting on 3K gold that doesn't even equate to one piece of gold is just like. Well, what what is this? You know, oh, for <laughs> I'm sure. like I'm a rich man, but not at the same time. <laughs> uh, I, I think the biggest sink that we are gonna have, and that is going to be very meaningful, is your the cost of caravan destruction and death. Yeah. When you die, like monsters aren't supposed to be dropping gold; they only drop items that you then have to take and sell for gold that you yeah. can transport to the other side of the world and potentially sell for more gold because it's a rare item in that biome. And that transportation, if it's if your caravan's destroyed or you die during that transportation, a portion of those items are just deleted from the game world. A big reason why we have inflation, especially the longer a lifespan an MMO goes on, is the amount of gold being generated from the monsters is just far more than what we have going out. But if with a lot of people dying all the time, caravans promoted to be sieged, then you're going to see a lot of those things taken out of the game before they're even turned into gold. And I think, you know, repairs being meaningful, requiring a lot of those items, especially when you get into more legendary gear and you're taking items from around the world to have to repair your items, that cost is going to go up. And I think we're going to see it uh, be a little bit more exponential over time than we do in other games. That being said, from a gambling standpoint, even if they did gold as the currency, you the devs can implement gambling systems right so it's not just up to the player to be like okay whatever i want i can just bet anything from zero to four million gold if that's my my, the entirety of my purse but they can make it incremental okay and maybe there's three rounds of betting for a a game of darts or something and you can bet zero to 15 gold and five gold increments for each round and then it's very capped and limited so they can prevent people from just going crazy broke in one round or, you know, being inappropriate with their money or using it as a way of laundering or, or gold selling uh, as a concern as well by putting hard caps on it. Have, have they said anything about, like, uh, a weight assigned to the currency for carrying it around? Or do we know if you're going to be able to just walk around with 10 Not million so gold far. on your person? Yeah, nothing on weight Not so of far. currency. Weight of items like the, of currency, yeah. yeah. That'll combat it some as well. It's like if you're just, you know... You can't move because you're trying to haul nine thousand <laughs> pounds of gold coins. Yeah, true. And, like I, I should probably I get just, rid of some of this. I just don't. I just don't like the the, the idea of gambling in in an MMORPG. You know, it's like. Well, again, if you if you make it optional, it. there's no harm. Like there. Yes. I, I play some other games that have some some gambling esque mechanics, and uh, a lot of people enjoy it. It's kind of fun. Like for a while in my stream, I actually had. Uh, mini games in the chat like right now i have a slot machine in my chat i have a roulette wheel that you can do in my chat it's just for the channel currency so it's you know someone runs out of channel currency that it's not like they lose anything real Mm -hmm. um but people love it they love to play with virtual currency gambling is almost more fun when it's like even if i have the worst possible luck and i lose everything fine and you know i'll just have to get it back tomorrow but you know it's not like you know they're gonna get kicked out of their house or something yeah, it's like the currency thing I, I use with my like, you know, my chat or whatever. They go on like dungeon runs or they go for a free for all fight or arenas or whatever. And they can kind of wager up some. And if they don't make it out, they lose it. But it's not, you know, there's nothing tied to it. You know, like in terms of like money or anything like that in the real world. It's just 
digital fake stuff for fun. Um, they did talk a little bit more about the, which I'm not really talking about this for too long, right? But they hit on the military nodes again, um, talking yeah. about how to become the mayor of one. And they, they did, he did reference. We knew that there was like the, you know, go head to head and you fight it out. And the, the person who succeeds and isn't dead is the one that rises to become mayor. They also talked, he also mentioned again, the potential of champions fighting. And I, I go back to that and I'm like, ah, I'm wondering how how that's supposed to work out. Like, do you control the champion, or or like how's that whole thing? Is it like you deck the champion out and then you put them against each other, and well, whoever wins wins. No. Ah. I'm gonna. I didn't hear the exact phrasing, so it right. might be a completely different system. But I'm guessing that he's referencing something like Game of Thrones, where uh, kind of like a trial by combat, yeah. where yep. you can fight or you can appoint someone fighting on your behalf. So the champion would just be like, "Hey, I'm a useless bard, but I'm gonna have Samurg fight for me." And if he wins, it's my win. Right. And uh, yeah, so I, I think it's more more that of like appointing a champion of like, yeah. you can be the leader of a military node, not because you're the most formidable warrior, but mm -hmm. because you you have the respect of most the most dangerous people at your command. Like, I'm hoping that's the way that goes. But then then people are going to be like, ah, but is it based on like your own merit, a combat to be a military leader of a node? Well, here's the thing, like you, you, you will have to have convinced that person to fight for you, right? True. Like if you're the crazy deadly warrior and I go, Hey, I want to be mayor. You fight for me. You're going to be, like, <laughs> I'll just stab you and fight for me. I want to be in charge. So if, if you're, you know, I'm, I'm, you're either on my payroll and you're like, no, I, you got some great ideas. You're the idea guy. You just tell yeah. me who to stab and, and point me in that direction. And that's where I go, whatever it is. But you know, there, there's something to be said, like, like, again, I don't, you know, like in in the modern military, I don't think the generals are necessarily the, no. the top ranked hand to hand combatants. True, they're the people that the the most dangerous people look up to, and they're like they sh they should be calling the shots here. True, fair point. So I, I remember reading on the wiki a little while ago that my my understanding of it was is that everybody would have a champion that is not not another player in the game, but it's essentially a separate character doll that you. Yeah. get that comes with basic skills and equipment and it's kind uh, of like everybody starts on the same same level you can then do quests and other up. things in the military node to get better gear and upgrade the skills and abilities of that champion and you use that champion to fight the biggest reason for that being that you know like you said you got the deadly warrior or the bard there, there's no one versus one class balancing in this game and quite frankly that's a good thing because it would yeah, <laughs> they're never they're going to die on that hill before they ever climb it, you know. Um, so it gives everybody a fighting chance from that standpoint if they want to. And it's a true test of skill and ability rather than just, hey, I've got the most OP 1v1 PvP class in the game and with the, some of the best gear. So I pretty much just face roll my keyboard and win. Nice. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's a question about when they when he talks about champions, is he talking about that? Or is he talking about like the example that Casino mentioned, you know, because I could see him both being what he's referencing, but he didn't specifically from from when I listened to it, actually acknowledge if it which which version you meant when he talked about champions. At least I didn't hear it. So I'm just like, yeah, question mark. One of those things would, would literally just be like oh, designate someone, you know, I just put in someone else's yep. name, like, all right, who's applying Casino? Who's fighting on his behalf? And you'd either put yourself or the other person. Right. The other one is like an entirely new system with like presumably oh. new skills for this dualist character you've created. And like, how do you train and practice with it? 
it could be the case, but I'm, I'm saying it's less likely, I would assume, that they made like a whole extra system for this, but they've made a whole lot of extra systems for a whole lot of stuff, so I'll have to ask them. Yeah, curious. Um, there were some discussions on like making content difficult as well, which I'm not going to really reflect on that too much because it's something that Steven's reflected on a lot. And it's essentially, you know, the main takeaway for me was like, I hear him talking once again about um, really the um, the mechanics of those interactions being what really sets the difficulty level and creates that difficult content, that challenging content. Um, also, he did hit on, uh, he was talking about, he was talking about Josh, Stry Josh Strife Hayes when he was talking about the video. He said he looked like, what was it? Um, from Game Rob Stark. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, hold on, hold on. Just to, to mm -hmm. back up. Uh, sure. Yeah, I was wondering where you sourced this from. Half Tilt just just posted a link on Military Nodes, and it, it is uh, more what what he's describing. Yeah. Is, uh, uh, a, a separate, yeah, a separate uh, champion that you would deck out. Yeah, and we haven't gotten too too much information on that too. Because I only remember one. Was it the one time where he talked about it on the stream, where he gave it some details about it? Because since then, I haven't heard anything. I know we've got that documented on the wiki. Um, but yeah, we don't know too, too much about that yet. It's like a lot of things that we don't know a ton about, you know, we will. Yeah, it was the sighting on the wiki is from an interview March 27th last year. Last year, yeah. I knew it was like around a year ago, something like that. Um, Wanted to give him credit. I don't want to be absolutely. misinformation. If the, he, there's precedent for what he's saying. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, But that was just an idea. That's not what they're going with for sure, right? And right. The, the other option would likely be exactly what you were describing. I think it's going to be one of the one of those two. I can't Same. see it really being a, Let something other than champion. that. Let me name my champion. Right. <laughs> May it be Rob Stock. Speaking of the reference here, when we talk about that, the, the creator that I mentioned who did a video on hype and how it could be da damaging. You know, a lot of people kind of had the conversation around that. I've talked about it here on the show so many times over three years or so. And Steven actually kind of hit on that again, too, even talking about like the the importance to to almost not overhype, to like really kind of uh, temper your expectations and to not have unrealistic expectations. So it was good to kind of see him talking about that again. Um, the VEC. There's the mention of the VEC. I've looked in my own Discord since the damn AMA today, okay? And I've had I had more images posted of grotesque looking goblin creatures that they're referencing as the VEC being now. So they Steven said goblin-esque or something to that effect, right? For the VEC. Now people have wanted to know about the VEC for a long time. We've seen the Renkai Orc. The Renkai Orc are very just warriors you know and they top knots and all that jazz uh now they talked about the vec a little bit today we got a little bit of information we still haven't seen them yet what does that goblin style uh orc mean to you all and should we worry about it being a hunched over goblin and a quarter selling goods i don't know so i i think i can uh, take this one sort of and that is um in lord of the rings there is a distinct difference between orcs and goblins yes. and i'm I'm particularly familiar with this because I played a Lord of the Rings like online trading card game way back in the day, and I I built a goblin deck, and seeing all the images of the goblins right. made it like real obvious that they weren't like uh, the orcs. But essentially, the the orcs were were like a corrupted humanoid, um, especially the the Urukai, because I guess originally the orcs were supposed to be corrupted elves, but uh, the Urukai is more what you think of when you think of an, an orc, which is like a a man like beast that's been corrupted whereas the goblins are just kind of like smaller more frail cave dwelling 
corrupted orc, so they share similarities, but I, I would think that the goblin uh, inherently would be a little bit smaller, probably a little bit faster, a little bit sneakier, um, and less, uh, less physically imposing, but all the same um, harsh to look at, I suppose. Phrase it like that. Yeah, that's a good reference. What's it called? I, I kind of, like, okay, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with everything that you said, but, like, orcs and goblins are coming from the same tree in the in the Tolkien lore. Right, right. Uh, what's it called? You do have a point that the Urukai are basically the enemies of man, and they're basically corrupted people. Yes, I do agree. Um, but... The or like considered the Urukai to be the third branch, not the second. There, there's if you if you look closely, like uh, there is a difference between goblins and orcs, mm -hmm. but they're very close together. Right, it's very, a blurry line. Yeah, that, that's why I split it into the two because the uh, yeah. more I thought about it, I was yeah. like, orcs and goblins aren't that far apart. Yeah, the the then you got the Urukai, yeah. which is a special case. <laughs> a very special case, yeah. So I think it's yeah, an important it, reference point. We had Daedalus. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, we were actually having this conversation, I think, while well, Casino was getting all set up, and I made a very similar reference around Lord of the Rings. I mean, we know some of what inspires Stephen is kind of that Tolkien-esque type of world. So I can definitely see kind of the beefier orcs being, you, you know, the Renkai. Um, and then the, uh, you know, and, and the more, like, agile, you know, type of orcs being more like you know what we see in, in lord of the rings so i think that's that's fine i mean ultimately i'm not gonna you know set up any judgment until i actually see what he's talking about because people definitely impose their point of view and their perceptions by just words i'd like to see the evidence and i'd like to see it in you know in living color in practice i mean there's a lot of things that could you know you could you know a lot of directions you could go when you say goblin-esque, right? Because yeah. even like what I see in like WoW as a goblin, that's kind of not necessarily what I would normally envision as a goblin, but that's, you know, Blizzard's perception of it. Or Same even Ashes, right? Yeah, or you, exactly, exactly. They're goblins running so, around right now, yeah. Can we all agree we don't want the goblins from Harry Potter? <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I'm good yeah. with, I'm, agree, I'm in agreement on that, yes. Yep. <laughs> but yeah i mean I, it'd be an inter it's, it'll be an interesting debate for the next several months until we get something to actually look at um you know later this year and as i mentioned hopefully not december 31st right. like to see some works you know hopefully in the early fourth quarter would be nice yeah it's all comment that chat too exciting. from super saying aren't the goblins what swarm you in alpha one currently and the answer is yes they will if you're not careful <laughs> Watch where you're running. They're little. They're little. Well, ankle biters. You gotta be careful, man. Sometimes you don't notice them until they're like blended, blend in with the grass or something. You're like running by. Next thing you know, you're getting like knocked down and stun locked by somebody throwing rocks at you. It's not stated that uh, <laughs> True. the goblins are like corrupted hobbits. But that's kind of what I think. Is like if, if if an orc is a corrupted <laughs> elf, a goblin's like a corrupted hobbit. That's too good, man. <laughs> You know, there was this topic about the mafia guilds owning good dungeons or world bosses. You know, well, what about that, Stephen? And basically the, the reaction and response was like, you know, the world size is big. And even if you have that, where you have this massive guild that's doing that, you essentially have them and you've got everybody else. 
<clears throat> and he mentioned pseudo factions again. And so, you know, that politics, I think, are going to really dictate a lot of this dynamic. And it's uh, obviously we could talk about it. We can reference other games where we've seen this sort of dynamic play out. But I think that the big thing is, is we just got to get to testing on this and see how this plays out in a, you know, more alpha stages in the future and everything. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, we could talk about that all day. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting to the next and last point for today um, that I'm I saved for last because this is a whole lot of fun. But before we move on to that point, any thoughts about the whole pseudo faction, uh, massive mafia guild that's going to run the show? Yeah, that, that, that never lasts forever. I, I'm exactly. currently playing like an RTS where the goal is like to amass power and retain control of the galaxy. And just whenever there's people bossing other people around, uh, there's always people who don't say kindly to that and start forming a resistance movement. And sooner or later, everything is overthrown. I mean, you can look at EVE Online. EVE Online is that, that experiment in a nutshell. And there have been big alliances that have been in uh, control of a lot of things for a lot of time. But sooner or later, you know, they get too big and they fall apart under their own weight or mm -hmm. you know, it, it never lasts. So there, there may be a period of tyranny on a given server, but never lasts. Yeah. Don't underestimate the underdog either. The one people write off because they think they don't have the numbers because sometimes they'll rise up and drop a hammer on you. Least expected. Or a sandal. In some situations. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, not everybody's going to drink the Kool-Aid forever, right? Like, eventually yeah. people are going to start to fall off. I think the biggest thing is the node system and the fact that so much content is gated behind leveling different nodes up. It's not, not a traditional game where you just have to sit here and farm this one dungeon or this one raid over and over and over again until your whole guild's decked out with the best gear in the game because it all drops from this one instance. Yeah it's or or from this one area it's not going to be like that you're going to really need to mix and match and move around the world and to have that ebb and flow you're going to need people that are yes. opposing each other you're going to need other people to come in behind you or in front of you and either create the pathway or clean up behind you and just you know that that wheel needs to be turning but it needs to be powered by more than one source to be effective if a, one guild ends up owning a server it's probably going to find itself pretty stagnant and eventually just having a need to fight against itself within its alliances just to keep the game perpetuating yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely i mean and and human beings right i mean they have wants and needs and they're going to at some point be at odds with each other even within the same guild Builds rise and fall. I mean, if, if I just take a look at any long-standing MMO, the guild landscape, very rarely do you have the same leadership, the same guilds being in the top tier or in a really extended period of time, unless there's something within the game mechanics that helps facilitate that. I think the fact that this is very open-ended in Ashes is going to be, and as, you know, Stephen has said time and time and again, it's going to be very difficult to do that because you don't have all of those shortcuts necessarily that you have in some of the MMOs that are out there today to get and maintain power that you would, you're not going to have those in Ashes, really. You're not going to have like fast travel that's going to be very quick, except in limited circumstances. You're you know, going to have world events that upset the... Um, overall dynamic of the server. You're going to have different things that you unlock 
or need to unlock in order to progress. So there's always going to be that level of change. I don't necessarily, um, I, I mean, I agree with the panel here. I don't necessarily see the kind of the Zerg guilds as being kind of a huge deterrent or a huge issue, at least for an extended period of time. They might have some limited power, but I, I think it's going to be even more dynamic than what we're seeing in other MMOs when there's consistent change as well. Yeah, you know, I look, there was a conversation around divine nodes. It's not confirmed, not confirmed. I'm saying this prefacing with this does not mean this is what we're going to have. OK, but we got a hint of a possibility of a superpower for a divine node. And when I heard this, I was like, that's fucking awesome. OK, are we going to nerd out over this real fast? We're going to nerd out over yep. this. Oh, my Please. God, dude. Divine node superpower potentially <laughs> unlocking catacombs that could connect like only would they exist under the node itself, but also connect to vassal nodes. For divine vassal nodes. Divine nat vassal mean. nodes of a metropolis. Yo. And, 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 and like random content, random bosses. I mean, I was like, oh yes, Shit. please. And didn't he mention yep. something about it being like super difficult? Like this would be a next tier difficulty content too. I do believe. I, I just hope there's some threat of that, whatever that superpower is coming up and devouring your node. If you don't band together and defeat it within a time frame, like a month or something. I don't know. It depends on the size of it, I guess. And, and, and this is where my mind itched me so hard. Like, imagine if a siege ha siege happened and they got to destroy that city. That city would still remain but as ruins and becomes a dungeon that's under it. And you have to clear it out in order to, to wipe that city off the map. That just... <laughs> that's just me mind-storming. <laughs> Unleashes some ancient god on the world. <laughs> It would be pretty sick. Maybe that's what all those runes, all those runes that we see all over the floors and on weapons and all over the places. Maybe, the, maybe some of them are containment seals. I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe they'll demand a sacrifice of a certain amount of bards each week. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait for it. Wait They're for it. I'm like, wait for it. <laughs> Did, uh, sidebar here. Did, when when Faisal mentioned his uh, explanation there, and he said his mind itched him. Did anybody else? Imagine a little bunny with his face getting itched by a brain with arms. Or is it just me? Just me. <laughs> I was thinking like his back paw was a scratch in his uh, head a little. I'm gonna... I'd love to see an animated <laughs> GIF or something of that if anybody wants to. Just me? Okay, my bad. I'm sorry. My mind goes to weird places sometimes. Apologies. Yeah. Dude, Divine Node. That would be sick, though. That'd be a really interesting way. I'd be very curious to see how that could potentially tie into like religious orders as well. Um. You know, like I could see if that were the case, how like maybe um, I don't know, like some of the quests and things for like religious order and a divine node, maybe some of these pinnacle quests or uh, like narrative lines and stuff could lead you down into like the these catacombs to like have to go on some sort of like quest uh, that served your order. I mean, but very curious about how they would tie all that in together. It'd be very interesting to see like how order, religious order, church, etc., for the person who's rising to the top of the order, uh, what that would be like. Yeah. It's something I definitely, definitely wonder about when I was thinking that, but that's really cool, man. That, that, that idea in itself is pretty cool. I, I'm really curious what they're going to end up with though. Um, 
yeah hope it pans out right do because that sounds like something really different um i don't think they had enough time to really do it justice on the ama so i just hope it you get a little more on that later on like and it does it's something that they go forward to try to test right i think that would be pretty fantastic yeah. Um, and, and different. I'm getting, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting some notices from those that look out for me, from my, from my fellow mods and stuff who are t- talking about like, Sim, you got time. Remember the time frame and everything. Thank you, friends. I appreciate you. Um, so, <sighs> Casino, have you had a chance to do any testing in Alpha currently? The the current Alpha as yeah. it is. Yeah. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, was so part far? of the last test. Um. Well, I was. Uh, we're allowed to say pretty much anything. It's a verbal NDA is lifted, so you can talk about pretty much everything back to Alpha Zero at this point for Steven. Um, there were some things that were very promising and some things that show that it's it's pretty early on. Like I was rubber banding like crazy. Um, so certain stuff like that, you know, they're they're I know they were like really working on server stability and stuff. So I was happy to help test with that. I, I got into a situation where like I had a menu open that then wouldn't close and wouldn't go away, and the menu was just stuck on the screen for a while, stuff like that. So they're still they're still working out a lot of the kinks. Um some of the things, you know, were, were like half done, like when you would chop wood, um, you'd see the animation of the tree falling and like that animation is really awesome. But then the way it like replenished that tree is right after the tree chopped down and fell, it just went right back to being up until you chopped it down again. And then after a certain amount of times of chopping it down, then it would stay down. Mm-hmm. So little things like that, where it's like, it's, it's clearly partially done, but uh, there was a lot of promise. Um, I, I wasn't a huge fan of like having designated fishing spots, uh, for example. I think you should just be able to fish wherever you want, and the, the good fishing spots should be the ones where you realize, like, dude, when I stand over here, I'm catching a lot of good stuff. Like, I I want to be over here. This is the sweet spot, but not like a this is the glowing spot on the ground. Come fish over here, stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it was just a, a you know an early alpha, so uh, I remain cautiously optimistic. I saw a lot that uh, I had a lot of hope for. There's much work still to be done. Absolutely. Uh, I, I will say that so far, all the tests that I've done have felt uh, very different. Yeah. Um, like we did the Alpha Zero test, and it was uh, pretty different. But yeah. uh, you know, there are some similarities. Then we uh, we played Apocalypse, right. which very very different. So the the quality of the art and the environments, and all that, has remained top tier, and that's what gives me the most hope. Is uh, I feel like there are a lot of games where the the inherent mechanics and systems are really good but then they they dress it up in a way that it doesn't come across well so the fact that they take their art direction and stuff so seriously gives me a lot of hope but uh yeah we'll just have to see how how much work they can get done how quickly and how well they can refine it my my main concern is really just they've described so many systems and so many things that uh at, at the pace that it's taken them to get to where we are i'm not sure if they can get even half the systems that they've talked about wanting to include to a good point in a reasonable amount of time, but they might, it's possible that 80% of the work of laying the framework for all that stuff is done, but because they don't have the remaining 20%, they can't enable it and let people interact with it because it's not quite there yet, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they've gotten a lot done that we haven't. Yeah. Yeah. Good to get your perspective since, you know, really here recently since the, the verbal NDA has been lifted. We've gotten half tilts perspectives, you know, from testing Faisal, Daedalus, myself. So it's always good, you know, especially since you've been, you've been on this show and around it for quite some time as well to kind of get your perspectives. And uh, man, we had some good times back in those APOC days though, dude. We used to brutalize yes, we people. Did. 
<laughs> Told you I'm all about the PvP. Yeah, we used to we used to, we had some really really good times. There's some there's some video clips and stuff out there. Definitely of us like running around having we, a hell of a we time. We got pretty good by the end. We dude. did. We got really. We did. Yeah, we absolutely did. Um, man, I got to give a shout out to Virtue Men, my guild. Uh, I didn't get to do the last test. We can talk about which is great. Um, they were kicking some ass, man. They were kicking some ass in the castle sieges over the past weekend. Uh, and then the one before that with where we were doing that, the video they showed on their stream the last time, um, virtue is holding strong, man. So shout out to all of my members in the virtue order, man. Y'all are freaking rock stars, man. You made me proud. And, uh, I didn't get to be there because I had life admin going on, but it was, it was freaking amazing, man. So you know, hammers up to virtue, man. You guys made this guild master proud. And, uh, with that being said, uh, we are at the end of our show, my friends. Um, go ahead and let our friends here shout out their domains, where you can find them and where they reign when they're not on this podcast, friends, Daedalus. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash The Ashen Herald. Murder Bunny Faisal. You guys can find me on Twitch as Faisal108 and on Twitter as Bagel108. Half tilt, man. All right, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash gamer or youtube.com slash slash gamer. And Casino. Uh, I'm over at youtube.com slash casino. That's K-H-A-S-I-N-O. Also, uh, twitch.tv slash casino. Uh, I'm also on OnlyFans. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yo, man, listen, if you if you didn't uh, didn't catch all the show, you want to leave a call and you can call us at one five three nine six six four six eight zero one. You can catch us on Twitter at Ashes Pathfinder. You can catch us here live 5 p.m. Sundays, CDT here in the U.S. And uh, it might be the end of our show, but we're going to give a big shout out to Intrepid Studios, all of our Pathfinders here on the show and all of those listening. Remember, whether you're on the show or not, if you contribute your time, your energy, your comments, listen to, watch this show, whether live or not, you are also an Ashes Pathfinder. Got a whole lot of love for you. Intrepid Studios. And until next time, friends, you live your best lives and walk in the light and have a great night. We'll see you soon. Take care, everyone. Stay safe.